0: Hey everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 209. Intertwine these lines in your mind. Yeah, this is all planned. The 209 in the mind. Yeah, I made that so it all combined together. Oh, combined. There you go. Hi, my (laughs) name's Alex, and today I have the honor to have Badria as the poet. As the poet, as my guest. You're the poet as well, right? And today we're going to be talking about poetry. But before we do that, who is Badria?
1: Oh, that's a, that's a very interesting question. Uh, well, I am you, you are me. I am the everyday person. You cannot see me, but I hear you.
0: Damn. Yeah. She doesn't want to see me right now. Cause there's too much <laughs> light in here and the reflection of the light will blind her. So it's good that this is only <laughs> audio. Well, that's perfect. Yeah. I love, I love poetry. I am a poet myself. So, uh, I think we're gonna, we're going to connect intertwine. I so <laughs> intertwine. <laughs>
1: I like that title.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It took me seven hours to come up with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Skills. But today is not about my bad poetry. It's all about Badria's amazing poetry and passion for it. But before we jump into that, do you have any social media links, websites, or projects that you would love to share with listeners?
1: So I am working on a bunch of projects, just not enough. Uh, I'm not, at the point where i'm sharing but if you ever want to follow me and get announcements on that or just want to get a dose of poetry you guys can follow me at badria the poet on ig so it'd be b-a-d-r-i-y-a-t-h-e-p-o-e-t
0: perfect i'll put that down below so people can go check that out and of course show you some love and <laughs> yeah. i'm sure there's so much love in your poetry or right, maybe it's really dark or maybe whimsical i don't know we will find out so for you how would you define your style of poetry
1: my style of poetry is cathartic um just because uh i don't write i don't write the typical structured poetry um so it's more about conveying the emotion more than just focusing on whether it rhymes or whether it's a haiku or anything like that so by the end of one of my readings you're probably going to feel like i either hit something that you've never spoken about or you finally get to understand something that uh, uh, something on a particular subject that you just couldn't get a grasp on
0: basically you're telling me i'm going to have an epiphany at the end of this episode aren't i Hopefully, hopefully it's a <laughs> Watch me just have a giant moment of silence. Like, whoa, whoa! <laughs> just like realizing that. Like, whoa. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? If I cry, it's okay. I got a bunch of tissues. I'm ready. It's gonna be a very heartfelt episode. But all this must have ha- must have had a beginning. So, how did you get actually introduced to poetry?
1: So poetry used to be my diary. I didn't actually realize I was writing poetry. I don't have that classic story where someone saw potential and nourished it. It was more like I kept writing. I kept writing and I had an addiction with writing because at that time, it was the only way I could speak out loud a lot of the things that were dying to explode out of me that was keeping inside of me. So I would write something and then next thing I know, I'm like... It's not right. I need to keep putting, I need to keep fixing it. Next thing I know, I'd be performing it in front of my mirror with nobody around until it just felt perfect. I realized I was writing poetry and I don't even know how I got to that point. But one day in grade six, so many, so many years ago, I entered a poetry contest during, uh, during recess and I didn't even know what was poetry. I didn't understand what was asked of me. I just had a feeling and I was like, I learned a little about poetry at school. So I was like, maybe I could give it a shot, see what's going on. I mean, as a sixth grader, you don't you don't expect much, you, especially in the early two thousand, where the internet was just really coming up in age and you could just Google or search other websites that you've never found, right? So I entered it. I remember writing about my dad because at that time, I didn't know who my real dad was. And I had a stepdad and I had step-siblings. And I've always wondered what that feeling was to have. You know, I've always had a stepdad and he treated me like amazingly. But you know that like sometimes you feel like it'd be better if my biological so-and-so was there, maybe feel different. So I wrote about that. And next thing I know, I won $20,000. What? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. However, uh, as cool as that sounds, a few issues. So. I go by Badria today, which is quite funny because that was actually the name I submitted in the poetry, but I was supposed to use my actual, you know, government name. I never did that um, because I have an at-home name, right, which some people call a pet name at home. And then I had a government name that everyone outside the house would call me. Um, So if you're my sibling, you can't call me my government name Mm -hmm. or we'll have problems. But... (laughs) So that was one obstacle. So I had to prove my identity, which I couldn't because I was like, how are you going to prove as a six, as a sixth grader that you wrote this and beat a bunch of adults? Right. Mm -hmm. The second thing is my mom didn't believe me. (laughs) To her, to her, she probably didn't actually realize I actually wrote until my twenties, probably. Right. So at that time, she, she's like, this is this is a hoax. This is a scam. She was onto scams before scams were a thing on the internet.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so she just assumed it was another scam, and I was like, "Are you sure?" Because I want twenty grand, American, right? Because I had to go to Pennsylvania, so that was more in Canadian. I was like, "It's free money. <laughs> Are you sure?" She's like, "No." I was like, "Okay." And then that's how I figured out I was writing poetry.
0: Now you can choose to not answer this or answer it, but now many years later, has your mother come around to accept poetry?
1: So she's always accepted it. It's just more, I was always, I'm always a very extremely private person, which is ironic because I'm two extremes at once. I'm at the same time extremely personal and private when it comes to certain people. And if to other people, depending on, you know, how close they am, how comfortable I am, I'm an open book, right? At that time, no one knew me. I didn't even know myself, so she didn't know that I was writing. Um, around my early 20s, I told her I wrote, I write, like I I just write. And she thought that, you know, it's cool, I write, but she kept asking a little more questions and um eventually realized yo she really writes (laughs) (laughs) she's like you're actually writing wow I was like yeah right surprising shock um and it's still a shock to my siblings because I'm the eldest of um, I would say eight so we're nine in total so I have eight younger ones under me and they're starting to. I'm still very private about my writing because, you know, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my ish, right? So I want to be perfect. And they're still slowly getting to see what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And, and it was the process.
0: Yeah. And throughout that process, you evolve and find out. Things that work for you and things that do not work for you. And with that in mind, I'm sure since the sixth grade, you've had an evolution of how you write. And this might be hard to answer, but how many different, like, many epiphanies have you had when it comes to poetry in the sense, like, wow, I wanna start doing more poetry about this, or you've changed your style completely, or your mindset has evolved due to your world perception, or anything like that?
1: So, yeah. So, at first, when I started writing poetry, Even after making that competition, right? It was still a diary. It was still something cathartic. So I had a natural flow and it was more about not writing about a certain thing, right? I would have the epiphany after I was done writing the poetry because I had so many feelings. I had so many conflicting feelings, like, and I've had conflicting feelings since I was six years old, right? A lot of big emotions that a six-year-old and like someone even in grade six shouldn't be dealing with. So I had to figure it out. You know, where do I start? Where does it end? How do I explain this? Who can I talk to? If I can't talk to anybody, what do I do? Can I write? Can I write a diary? Because I wanted to be, I come from an immigrant family. And at that time, I wanted to be very Canadian and not like, like not, I didn't want to had anything to do with my roots, my my like my my origins or anything like that. So, for me, the most Canadian thing to do would be what does a Caucasian little girl my age does from day to day in a you know, modern like well, like modern income family, right? Middle class. So diary was a big thing. So I would write, and a lot of the times after I was done writing my poetry, it's like I without realize placed all the blocks in order and now i see the big picture and i was like ah that's the epiphany
0: that is awesome right it's because that idea like you're just writing 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 and then once you're reading back like whoa i'm deep whoa did i write that right
1: (laughs) right to this day i still say that i like to compare it to uh, uh someone that draws right when someone's drawing they don't know what they're drawing, right? They're just starting somewhere. And then when they're, when they're done, they're like, oh my God, I did that. Oh my God, this means this. Oh my God. Sometimes when I used to write at the beginning, I didn't understand a lot of the meanings. I had my personal epiphanies, but when people like, the very few people that read my poetry would read it, they'd be like, I got this out of that. And I'm like, huh, I didn't think of that, but I like that. Please stick with that, you know? Although I've been writing since I was a little girl, I I, I am an emotional writer, right? So, like I said, I had big feelings. And those big feelings as I grew grew older didn't go away. I just got accustomed to them. I started ignoring them. I started doing what every other person does when they don't know what to do with their emotion and just put it to the side. So I didn't write between maybe 14 to up until 20. And the reason is because I upped and moved. I left Canada. I moved out of the country, I went to Africa, and I think I was too busy, you know, living in a different way that I've never had before, that writing was just, things were happening too fast to write it down. They were too fast, didn't have the privacy, I didn't have my writing sanctuary, so everything was just like upside down. So coming to my later half to answer your question, I now... Writing, when I got back to writing, was incredibly difficult. Like, I forgot everything I used to know. That person that won 20 grand in grade six was not the same person that was writing poetry at 20. You know, we were two completely different people. So through the struggles, I had epiphanies of a different kind. So I still had my epiphanies when I wrote my poetry, right? Like, when I finally got into it and I could write a piece, I'd be like, huh, I didn't know I could feel like that. I didn't know this could be a light because I took something heavy and it felt like I transferred the energy into the words and put the weight into the words and left it there. And I feel like other people feel that when I read.
0: And this also might be tough. I'm going so deep in your mind right now. It's okay. (laughs) It's okay. Do you ever read some of your old poetry and have a somewhat different epiphany from the epiphany you had?
1: I really wish I could. The thing is, a lot of the reasons why I had big emotions as a kid is because I come from a very unstable background. So because of that, I didn't have access to the right. No one knew I was writing. So, whatever paper or blot or whatever they found in my room at the time was automatic trash. So, any of the poetry I may have written in my early days are forever gone, lost in time. So, I don't know. Sometimes I think about it, though. Sometimes I think about it. And although I don't remember the poetry itself, I have a really good emotional memory. And that's a weird thing to explain. So, I don't remember a lot of things, so I have this like fleeting amnesia for many different reasons a d h d depression, a lot of things. you know, just don't remember well. but when it comes to an emotion, I can remember it even if it's twenty years later. So if something happened and I had a particular emotion, I will remember it for some reason.
0: with that being said, I know some people, well let's say for smell, touch. A sound mm-hmm. it will trigger a memory for you. does it mm-hmm. ever happen? Let's say you smell something? it triggers a memory, but it also triggers a poem that you once created.
1: yes, yes, some yes, sometimes i am um, I'm one of those um writers that I blurt it out, right? So sometimes I will blurt out a poem, and I think it's new, but I've already recited this it's somewhere, and I'm like, huh. So I have, yeah, I have that type of memory, not aware of how I do it. I wish I could use it on my everyday life, make my life so much easier. So yeah, I do have that memory, but it's more about if, you know, those moments where I do re- recite that poetry I wrote, it's very rare. Most of the time, I remember the epiphany I felt after writing the poem. I remember the lightness that came after carrying something so heavy um for so long.
0: And I have to ask, it's once again, pretty weird. Have you created a poem with the combination of your epiphanies? So the epiphanies of every poem you had, you combine them together to make another poem about epiphany.
1: Yes. Yes, actually I do. There is, it's very difficult. Okay. So writing about your epiphanies (laughs) ahead of time, right. And trying to remember your epiphanies, like, listen, at a certain age, you've had so many epiphanies. How do you even like, (laughs) mean, I'm not going to lie, you're even inspiring one in my head right now. I'm like, I can feel a poetry coming together and just, yeah. So I I have a poem called Running Themes. It's about how everyone has a theme in their life. Like, we all have the same things we do. We all have the same issues. We can see everyone's issues, their flaws, their limitations, their success, everything, but we can't see our own. So that was an epiphany I had and surprisingly love, the biggest um I was listening to a song called I I think it was called um Nike's and Dirty Shoes and that inspired two poems but that was one of them. I started that last summer. I'm still writing it. <laughs>
0: Actually, yeah, because sometimes it could take, some people can create a poem within hours, minutes, and sometimes it could take a oh, longer time. So I've had experience with both. So for you, how long does it usually take you to, on average, I know because it could vary from poem and also the length of the poem, but how long does it usually take you to complete a poem?
1: I kind of think back of what, because one day I heard Jay-Z answering the same question and after listening to his answer, I was like, oh yeah, that is right. So some poems can take five minutes. Some poems take two seconds. Some poems take three months, right? And some could take, they could actually remain forever incomplete, right? Because like I said, I'm an emotional writer. So there are ups and downs with that. And when the emotion is not there, when I'm not, when all my chakras, my soul's not connected in line the way it's supposed to, sometimes it just takes forever. And it depends on the subject as well. So Sometimes when I finish a poetry in five minutes, it's because I probably have been thinking about this unconsciously for such a long time that I've formed a, a thought, a an opinion that I want to share. Sometimes I just have nothing to say. And that was all I had to say. And I was like, oh, it's incomplete. We'll leave it for another time.
0: Is there one in the back burner that you absolutely love but you have yet to complete because you feel like it's just missing a keynote, but it's like one of your all time favorites.
1: I had one. So I have a few. I have three. So in total, well I had three. I completed one. But um I have running themes, which is that. And then I have this one about Nike Nike shoes and dirty hair. It's those two speak to something I'm still processing. A lot um don't quite fully understand my feeling around it. So it's very difficult to, to finish it, but just starting writing. And the fact that I started writing again after taking such a long break and having to build myself up again from the ground. Um, I'm very proud of the, of those poems because of the approach I took. Um, I stepped out of my comfort zone and I wrote about something that's been pondering my mind, but I, I wasn't ready, I guess, to you know, talk about it, but I just wanted to push myself, see if there's anything else I could. Write. I'm going to finish working on them, hopefully. Um, there's another one that says, say my name, just because I love the song Destiny Childs. Like anything Destiny child. I love it, right? Say my name. That's something that's been running in my head for like 20 years, right? And so I started writing it. It was a little difficult. I actually took a three year break from it because I was just, honestly, I was embarrassed about my writing. I did not feel confident enough. I didn't feel I didn't have the trust in me to complete it and trust the process. And so recently, I just finished in one go. I was like, Hmm. why was I so upset? Why was I so (laughs) upset about this? I, I, this feels great. I, I was just my own little cheerleader at the end of the day.
0: And when it comes to writing these, I don't know for you, but when I, let's say, write my lyrics, my poetry, sometimes my favorite time to do it is late at night, where my Mm. mind is not fully, like, focused, because if I'm hyper-focused on it, I will just analyze every little bit, but when I just, like, loosely focus and just write, because I'm writing, writing, writing... It brings out more of my emotions of who I am and what I'm going through. Is that... So, actually, on that note, what is your preferred time of day? And what is the mindset you have to put yourself into? Because you said you're very emotional in a positive way that it inspires you to write. But what's the mindset you have to be in to write your stuff?
1: So, my brain... I have to be in a state where my brain is not taking control because I... My mind is the type of mind that will obsess over the little things, will plan 20 years ahead of time, even though I don't want to, it won't let me relax, essentially, because I I just, I'm like, I have, I've been diagnosed with anxiety. So I'm always anxious, no matter what. So I have to be non-anxious, which is very difficult. I also would have to have, and this is interesting, a lot of weed, because For some reason, the process of smoking helps alleviate the anxiety, but it also bubbles my creativity. Like it gets the cauldron going, you know? So, um, that and then I used to be a night owl. I am still a night owl, but I'm also an early bird. So I like writing in the middle of the night or right after the night has done. Like, so around six, between six a.m. until like 10. And then from like eleven PM until like six AM. So like from eleven PM to ten AM essentially.
0: And see this is what this is what I do as well. And I love that mindset of just, you know what, the sun's out, right, I should go to sleep, but I'm just in the zone. I gotta write. And I don't know if you incorporate music, but do you ever just listen to say music in the background to inspire you? And if so, what kind of music gets you going?
1: I love that you said that. Thank you. Thank you. Music <laughs> is an essential crucial part. Music is the only thing so music and we are two crucial part of the writing process. Now, music because I so I'm an emotional writer, but I'm also very at the same time empathetic. I can I can literally put myself in almost anyone's shoes. I say almost because there's a lot of situation where I just, I cannot fathom and that's fine. But I can put myself in a lot of people's shoes, um, and just imagine how the scenario go. For example, lately I've been listening. So what inspires me is R&B, Afrobeat, pop music, because you know, pop is just, you know, pop is pop. Um, especially when you have like people like Charlie Puth, um, just inspiring with these good songs. Um, I'm also a huge fan of K-pop. I'm picking up the language now, but I also go listen to them. Like I, the thing about K-pop is the advantage on that is I literally listen to just the melody and the emotion that are being carried because I don't understand the words. I go search that up later. And a lot of the times I have the sentiment wrong, right? Like, Oh, I thought this was about this, but it's actually about this, but it doesn't change the process because I still get something out of it for me. It inspires something. It sometimes I would hear it. All it takes is one word in a song.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One word. And then I would write maybe three, four poems to give you an example. Oh,
0: wow.
1: Yeah. So to give you an example, Thames is an Afrobeat artist. So to ever listening to her, like, shout out to that. You know who <laughs> she is. <laughs> if not, it's okay. You know, it's fine. But just to give you an example, her playlist contains about maybe like an hour or two worth of songs. I was able to produce about five poems on four of those different songs.
0: In one sitting? One sitting. Wow. One
1: or two sittings. One or two sittings. But yeah, sometimes I just write, 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 write.
0: Don't you just love that when you're in the zone? You're like, I can't stop. You, you know, sometimes I feel like those are the type of people like, I got to do that too. Like, I'm in the zone. I should eat, but I'm in the zone. I got to write this. <laughs>
1: exactly. I even have this warning now, right, for the pe- members in my home. Hey, I'm in the zone. Please don't bother me. <laughs> if you interrupt me, we're going to have problems because it's hard to get that inspiration. Mm-hmm. Especially the older you get, the more responsibility you get. This is, at the end of the day, a hobby that I adore something that I want to grow into see where it takes me but I just don't have enough time
0: like I'm with you on that I'm I'm doing a podcast I'm working I'm creating a board game not because I'm like I need to do something else I'm just I got inspired I'm like hmm I could do this this is fun and I just got steamrolled by it and I'm with you with the music thing like uh I don't understand Korean but my wife is Korean so I'm learning Korean through my son so my son is my uh, mini translator he's a year and a half so he's Every word he's picking up, I'm picking. I'm like, okay, okay. He's singing this song. I I know how to sing "Happy Birthday" in Korean. Yeah, there. I'm proud of that. (laughs) That's about it. You should be. I'm trying (laughs) to learn that. (laughs) Well, we'll have to meet up someday and then exchange our love for poetry, love for language, love for everything.
1: Exactly. No, definitely.
0: And I'd I'd hate to put you on the spot. Maybe you know this question is coming, but what is your favorite poem that you've written? And if you're comfortable. Do you want to share it?
1: Uh, Okay. I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable telling you, sharing it. I'd be happy to. One that I'm proud of. Hmm, actually, because like every poem I write, right, is my, like, it's like a, a project, a baby that I've birthed. I'm just all proud of them. However, some one that I'm proud of is, let me just, Ooh, that's actually a good one. There's one where I recently finished, so it's a two-parter and I'm very proud of this poem. I'm double proud because it was one of the first poetrys I wrote and it was amazing right off the bat after taking such a long time, such a long break from writing. And then I added some more, so I'm even more proud of it. So
0: you're hyping me up. I'm just, I'm so hyped right now. <laughs> you're like You're reaching the top of Mount Everest saying how amazing this is. I am so excited. I, I I'm love your proud passion. of it. Yeah, as you should be. You should be proud of your work. Yeah.
1: No, that's all I'm saying. I'm just highlighting how I'm proud of it is. It good though. We don't know. A lot of people are proud of things that are, you know, Yo, not the best. But we never a know. be be snapped. Okay. So <laughs> this one was called consumption, but because I've recently updated, it's called consumption 2.0. I am not for your consumption. I am to be. Con- I am to be consumed entirely out of passion and compassion and with lust. So take your time. Take it slow. Fuck that stereotype and the person you think I'm supposed to be. Let me fuck your mind and fuck your soul instead. Let my wild curls take you on an adventure you've never been on before. Let me be your sanctuary. May my kisses give you life. Let my essence forever linger in your surroundings. Forever remaining with you, reminding you of me and what you can never have. Always on the tip of your tongue as if you can taste me again, but never within reach. I am the dream you thought you had like a genie in a bottle, but psych, you talk wrong. You thought you had me, but I clearly had you tame before you ever ever even came. So don't come and disrespect my name as if I hadn't had you mark my name on your body like a tattoo. A clear requirement you knew you had to do before committing to this experience you wanted so badly. Hypnotize under my spell. I had you twisted around my fingers, roll you like a pinky ring. I had you. You thought I was after the diamond, but I was after a real treasure you can never fathom of, one that is way beyond you and what you thought you could offer on one knee. I was whole before the universe met itself, and I will be whole when it says goodbye to itself. So please don't ever underestimate my value and me and what I bring to the table, because clearly I am the table. And if you haven't noticed, you are eating and sitting at this table that I built. You are but just the blimp in time and space for me. And I promise I will leave with half of you when I'm done with you. Me and my legacy will survive without you. Goodbye. Sign the one you can never have.
0: This probably, is not great for the microphone, but <laughs> <laughs> it's not in my fingers. Okay. I, I hate to do this kind of like, you never want to sum up a poach, a poem in one word or a few words, because the whole thing is the sum up of the whole thing. And now if I had to do it, I would say this is something to do, whether it happened to you or didn't happen to you in relations to a past relationship. If I'm That's what I'm picking up. It could be either about you or a friend that went through this or just the way, because you said you're empathetic. So you know how to feel for other people's emotions. So I do like that idea that this individual did not see the person they were in front of. That's if that's what I'm picking up, right?
1: Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) Yes. I didn't even know. So it's again, one of those things where I sometimes don't realize what I'm writing and the fact that you mentioned it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I've always been a headstrong person, right? Forget about being just a headstrong woman. I'm just a headstrong person. So I've always been, I don't care if I'm alone. I know if you don't see me, I'm not in it. Um, I also understand that as an individual, sometimes you're lusted upon. You're just wanted for something that you think they think that you can offer. I mean in reality you're so much more than that. Mm-hmm. But they they don't want to take the time to explore it. They just wanna trap you. And I guess this was from the perspective of a woman because it wasn't a particular person. It was more like, you know, when you're on the internet too much, social media, you hear too much chatter. Mm-hmm. You're like, so I kept hearing this um consistent for some reason on my feed it kept popping around that time. Men versus woman women want like men were blaming women that they just want them for money and women were just saying you just want us for our body and I decided to write from one perspective I'm gonna write from the male's perspective eventually but at first it was more of for me but then when I kept hearing more and more what was going on on my feed I was just like there's something coming out of me there's a message I don't know what it is I feel something Mm -hmm. I'm gonna write it down And this is how it's going to feel. And yeah, that's how it came about. So I don't think it was one person. I think it was a collective of many people's feelings.
0: What I really did love about that one is that you're telling the person that you don't notice who you have in front of you. But at the same time, I know my Mm self-worth. It is not my loss for leaving you. It ends Mm -hmm. up being your loss for not appreciating the time and what we had. I, I get that. I I get you. I get you.
1: <laughs> I feel like a lot of people should think that way because I realize a lot of people don't leave when they're supposed to leave relationships because they don't see the value in them. And as someone who's been devalued devalued so young, right? And for such a long time, putting values in em as an and putting emphasis on that value is really important. I don't care if you think I'm too much. I don't care if you think I'm noisy. I don't think I don't care if you think I'm a headache. As long as you know that I know my worth is set. There is no changing it.
0: You are just enough for you. That's it. Exactly. That's a mindset everybody has to put themselves. The only person you have to look up to is yourself. The person you have to, you owe everything to is yourself. Treat yourself with respect and then just move on with life. I feel like right. this is a PSA right now, just giving advice right now. You're inspiring me to inspire other people.
1: <laughs> right. And that's kind of what my poetry does. My poetry is, I like how you put it, it's a PSA. Mm-hmm. It's just a public service announcement. Listen, I know you want to stay there, but no, get out.
0: What I like about the way you did your poetry is not necessarily directed towards a person. It's more of like, I'm throwing it up in the air. Anybody can grab it. like, okay, I see this. This kind of relates to me. So it's kind of like indirect, mm-hmm. direct um, yes. push. I, I like that. It's not subliminal. It's, it's, it's a, it's a weird way to come. I'm very bad at explaining poetry. I love it. I have written so many poems and I get you on a mental way. But you right? just can't. <laughs>
1: yeah. You just, the words are not coming. No, I get it. 100%. They'll
0: come out at like 3 a.m. Like, oh, that's what I should have said. <laughs> right. <laughs> Now you say you write a lot and poetry can be done in so many different ways. It could be done whether you like writing on paper or even digitally, or sometimes people like to bring around a recorder and nowadays you can use your cell phone. Do you ever, let's say, cause I feel, I feel like you can strike inspiration at any point. Do you ever bring a little recorder or just have your phone to record a line and then write it down later on?
1: I have my phone. So I'm a performative poet. So that means I'm a slam poet. Um, so I didn't used to because early in 2000, right, low-income family didn't have a tape recorder or anything fancy like that. So I had to remember my lines. Mm -hmm. Today, I get nervous when I'm put in in front of a mic. At first, when I when I went back and I had to record myself, and just hearing my voice back, I was like cringe-worthy. No, thank you. But about I, I kept trying. I kept trying, and I I actually like recording now because about I think. Just a week ago, because everyone's going to think after hearing this poem, maybe if they like it, they're going to think, Oh my gosh, she's such a great writer. No, I'm struggling every day. Right. So just two weeks ago, I was, I finally was able to record not one piece, but like four pieces in total. So I love being able to record because it gives me the intonation. It gives me the flow. I, in my voice, you can hear the feeling that you want to be portrayed and I can recreate that afterwards. I transcribe it on paper. And um, after that, I transcribe it di- digitally. The reason I do it on paper is because I can carry it. I can have it. Having something written on paper is just a sacred process that has to be done after recording. And then digitally, is just because I do a lot of... I've been performing a lot lately, so it's been kind of nice to have my poetry digitally and just sending it to people and getting their feedbacks on that.
0: And it's always great to just, when you record something, you can come back and listen to it right away and just feel you because it with recording as well. And there's, they all have their benefits, but with recording. You can actually put in a lot of the emotions and listen back to it. like, okay, th- this exactly. is not, this is how I actually felt. You can hear the teardrop, hit the microphone. Oh
1: my God. <laughs> that's so funny. That's somebody that's actually happened. <laughs> I was like, I was like reciting one. And when I recite, right. I don't actually know what my next words are ever going to be. That's one thing I should clarify. When I'm creating a poetry, every line that I create, maybe the first like verse is what's stuck on my head, but everything else, it just comes out. It comes out. I'm like, I didn't know I had that to say. So by the end, I don't realize what I'm saying. I'm choked up. And I have a little tear coming down my face and it just splashes on the phone. I was like, okay, we're good.
0: You sound exactly like me. Like I just, write I'm like this, <laughs> this, this makes sense. No. Okay. Just keep going, go with the flow, just go with it. And then at you look back like, huh, epiphany time.
1: Ex- exactly. <laughs> it took me a long time to realize because once I realized what I was writing was poetry, I wanted to be what I used to call a classically trained writer, right? Again, I've never, I've never taken a creative writing class in my life. I've never um, entered any poetry class. I've never, even when it came time in class to show you poetry, nope. I was, I was, I was like, nobody's gonna hold it this. We're, we're keeping this shut. <laughs> so, oh my god, I just blinked.
0: No, no, it's all I just good. Had, Like, <laughs> like I just for me. Blanked. No, yeah, yeah, that's part of the poetry. You're and you come back. Like for me, when I did poetry, because I'm dyslexic, it was a way for me to help me improve on my learning disability. So I use it as a coping mechanism to... Because I was nervous and I knew I still have a lot of gra- gra- grammatical errors and stuff like that. But like you said, you're anxious. So poetry being slam poetry in front of people, it's like you're fighting your demons.
1: Oh my God, yes. And then fighting your legs not to go like... Like just limp and die on you, and you're just like, okay, yeah. now I can't walk. I need a wheelchair. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, just you know, what? I'm just gonna do the poem from on the ground right now. I'm gonna lay down. Is that cool? Yeah? yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> just you bring your own pillow and then you just lie down.
1: <laughs> oh, that'd be so great. How many times like I've been performing recently, and there has been countless time where I was like, can I just, can I just high? You know, like don't see my face, just hear my words.
0: Tell me, I don't know if this is you, but I do this all the time. But tell me if you do this when I I, I'm apparently really good at doing, I know I'm stroking my own ego right now, but I'm really good at doing oral presentations, you know, being dyslexic, you know, talking a lot is the opposite of that, less reading. But apparently sometimes when I do presentations, my mind blanks and I go on autopilot and apparently I just nail it. And then I come back, I'm like, what did I just say? But people are like, that was good. I'm like, okay, no one's angry. Like, do you sometimes go into that autopilot mode and just let your like spirit, your soul, your voice and everything else carry you?
1: Yeah. So if I'm like doing public speeches um, or I, again, I'm recording a poetry, and I have no idea. I literally tell myself, take the reins. Let's go autopilot. I'm just going to check out for a moment. Right. Or my anxiety just makes me like blank out. And then once I'm back, I'm like, oh, (laughs) Okay. It wasn't a train wreck. (laughs) Thank you guys. Thank you. I was gone for a moment, but my body took over.
0: You know what? I've told the story before, but this is one of my best friend. He uh, had a Japanese class and then he was participating in a Japanese competition where they had to do a presentation at the Japanese embassy in Japanese. And he had it all written down and he memorized it. And then his professor was there and all that. He, it was his turn to do his presentation. He went up on stage, did the presentation and everybody was giving claps, but they were kind of weirded, like, okay. And my friend was like, okay, people look weirded out. He goes, sits down and the professor's like, that was good, but you had an introduction, no middle and just the end. Yeah. So, so he just, he did the intro and the end, but he completely forgot. So basically it was something along the lines of, hi, my name is Jonathan and I love, thank you for listening to me. This was wonderful. Oh, my <laughs> <laughs> But it is fun. It, his autopilot went that way and I'm glad he's looking back at it and he's laughing. He's like, this is pretty funny in this situation, but that can be pretty devastating for some people going through that.
1: Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I've had, I've had a lot of times, which is why I, on a. Like, I don't like autopilot as much just because I can think of one thing where oh, it's cringe and it's, I'm, I'm like taking a deep breath because I'm sincerely embarrassed. Uh, but I just came back from, you know, um, living abroad, came back to Canada, went back to my high school and I wanted to participate in school events. I decided to be an MC because it's what I do. I talk a lot, you know, just like you. I'm great <laughs> on presentations, right? I was like, I can nail this. So I was like, I can MC this. Did not prep, unlike your your friend, right? I did not prep. I got the gist of it. And I was like, you know what? I, I've done this. I've done this on the fly. It's cool. I go into the gym. I take the mic. I say, hello. I try to introduce the game. I go blank. When I come back, I'm sitting down because apparently I'm butchered the game and I'm seeing and they just mid MC and they're like, I'm going to MC now. Thank you. Goodbye. Oof. Yeah, still plays back in my head. I mean, it's a fun memory because I laugh at it, but I still have the emotional cringe from. It.
0: You know what? I I can uh, I can match that uh, cringiness. My sister's wedding. So oh. so what happened is that I've I I was a tour guide and I've done a lot of like public speaking, and at the wedding I was not supposed to speak, and so I decided to drink a lot because it was an open bar. So I drank <laughs> and I was having a good time, and then they're like speech, speech, Alex, do a speech. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm in no condition to do a speech. No, no, no. It's like, yo, speech, speech, speech. I go up on stage and I'm like, I don't remember much, but all I do remember is the beginning. And it went something like this. So Nikolai, my brother-in-law, Nikolai, <laughs> when I first met you, I went, hmm. And then you went, hmm. <laughs> and then that's it. <laughs> and I'm like, that what? That was it? That was basically, I, that's all I can remember. But then yeah, I try to sell insurance to the bartender when I only wrote like I was writing my phone number. My wife's like, Alex, you only wrote down four numbers. Like, that's you know that's the the that's the right number. And like she's like, okay. So yeah, I was not in the right mindset to do us a uh, presentation, but I think that's the same level of cringiness, I guess. But it's a good memory because you can look back at it now, like. Okay. You know what? This is part of the experience.
1: <laughs> exactly. I think you honestly just beat me. I feel so much better.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, well, in that case, you're welcome. That's why I'm here to make my guests feel better. Uh, so back to poetry itself for you. What is something you know now that you wish you knew when you first started doing poetry?
1: That it's something that I would cherish my whole life, pro- like later in my life more than I thought. And I wish I kept it up, but more importantly that I'm glad that I didn't keep up because it got me to really re-explore something that naturally came to me without a thought into it, right? I got to break it down, start from the ground up and really understand what type of poetry I write. How do I write? What gets me writing? What do I write about? So that's something I do appreciate now and I mean, do I wish I knew it back then? Some of it, maybe some of it, right? Um, Maybe the awareness of what I was writing, maybe see what I see in poetry today and how far it could have taken me, right? I could have done so much more with it. Um, Especially because although we're talking English, my poetry's were originally all French. And now I can't, now I'm learning how to, like, cause I can write French. I still know how to write French, but I forgot the gra- grammatical <laughs> structure of a lot of things. And French is a language you have to practice or you forget. So that's why I say, I don't remember how to write poetry in French anymore. Cause I was like, I I can't construct it. Right. Um. So maybe, maybe that actually, I wish I knew how important my French would be in the poetry because what makes poetry better? If you think poetry in English is amazing, Poetry in French is even better because with the French language, there is a specific word for literally everything. And saying something like I like in in French means je t'aime, right? I love you means je t'aime. But that one word, even though I said they all have specific words, that one word has so many meaning. When we say we miss you, in French we, we say tu me manque, which literally translate you are missing. So for us to miss someone it means like we're telling them you're not next to me. I miss you. And that's what I appreciate. And I, you know, I think that's what I wish I, 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 I knew back then that I would knew today.
0: And as a fellow French speaker, I agree with you. Yeah, I grew up with French. Yeah. <clears throat> so it, I've been surrounded by it, by it my whole life. And it is, it's, a, it's literally the love language. And yes. it is a, it's, a, it's a tricky language. To, if you got to maintain it. And that's, that's the thing. But it can be cool when you integrate English and French in poetry.
1: It is. And I'm excited today that I can go back to writing French and integrate both of them just because I feel like I might be jumping like 10 levels from where <laughs> where I am to something, a whole new level, like Super Saiyan God of writer. I don't know.
0: <laughs> You're telling me there's another epiphany on the way?
1: Oh, yes. I'm not done <laughs> writing. This is This is not even the peak. I'm still on my journey. When will I reach the top? I don't know, but I know that I will become a better writer than I am today because I am a better writer than when I was five years ago, and I didn't think I could write anything back then
0: you know what i i'm I'm really excited to see your journey I'm so <laughs> happy you, you came on, and then you seem like such an enthusiastic person. I really want to see you grow as a person. And in terms of growing as a person, there's some best parts in your hobby. So what would you say is the best part about poetry for you on a personal and an emotional level?
1: On a personal and emotional level, it gave me the ability to be self-aware. It gave me an ability to be able to digest a lot of difficult emotions that a lot of people in any age will probably not be able to deal with just because. Every time I tell, like, for example, my life story to someone, it's always like the same, you know, reaction. Wow. What? <laughs> and I'm just like, and then the like, and I know maybe like TMM, but like, so I'm surprised you're not on the street or a stripper. And I'm like, what was I supposed to do? Right. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate writing gave me a sanctuary. Writing kept me sane. Honestly, mm-hmm. writing was my companion. Writing was like poetry is my companion. Poetry is my friend. It was my confidant, it allowed me to bloom into this person I am today, and I wouldn't change who I am for nothing because of poetry um yeah, and an emotional level, it allows me to it allows me like like I said to like just digest, take apart something difficult anytime I need to talk, think about something, I write it down most of the time, especially if I'm thinking about it over and over and over and over again for like months on end. I just have to put it on paper. And then I'd be like, okay, I can go back to this because, like I said earlier, poetry is my diary. I can go back, read, and just okay. I remember what I did on that day, and I remember what I'm supposed to take take away from that day, or moving forward, what am I supposed to do emotionally when I when I come with that like a similar situation.
0: Hmm. No, I completely agree with you. And for you, what was your biggest challenge when you first started doing poetry?
1: We're going to talk about the second first time, right? Because again, <laughs> when I first started writing, right, this came effortlessly. So the first time, I guess, and it's really ironic because I wish this was a problem today. One of the biggest struggles I had when I first, first started writing was I couldn't keep up with how many poems I was writing. In a week, I probably would write like 20 pieces just because I had so many going and then add that up for three years. That's like a lot of pieces, right? today it's just starting just just was just having the confidence to trust what i was saying cuz when i first the second time when i went back writing for the first time in my 20s a lot of the things i was writing did not make sense i had it it had no structure it had no flow it had no sense it had many messages so just breaking everything back down learning everything and in a way, doing what I wanted to do as a kid, which was somewhat be, you know, what I would have called a classically trained writer, is what I kind of did. I had to figure out the different writing styles, what suits me presenting to, because slam poetry, it's it's one thing to write. That's one aspect. The other thing was, can I perform it? Can I perform it the way it's meant to be? And we don't, it's weird because you are the one that writes the poetry, right? But you already know there's a certain standard that has to be performed or it's not it. And I feel like half the time I'm not the one deciding, it just happens. Um, So yeah, I think those were the biggest difficult um, thing. I'm still going through the difficulty today. Sometimes I just can't sit and write, even if it's like, you know, the... Even if it's like between my golden hours at night and I'm, you know, perfectly fueled up and I have my music, my sanctuary, everything is perfect. I just realized, oh, I have nothing to write. Maybe because I wrote so much as a kid, but sometimes I just have to acknowledge I have nothing to write and that's fine.
0: Do you know what? There's sometimes where you're creating something, you're just writing random words like, oh, cool. And you don't actually create anything, but you're just... Flexing your Mm -hmm. creative muscle just to see, and then it may be just the sky is blue. Cool, you know what? That's enough for tonight. Uh, I was just stretching out a leg, and (laughs) this is what came out
1: (laughs) right that I did that this morning. I was like talking to my husband, I was like, because I, as we speak, right, I'm going through an evolution right now in writing. I can feel it, and it's a weird thing to feel because you're like. You're not noticing your change in the, in the, in the moment that it's changing. You notice it after, right? I was like, whoa. So I was telling my husband, I think I can write about anything now because that was a goal. That was a goal to take any subject and place myself emotionally and write about it because that's what I was, I, I used to be able to do. So I was, I was, I was, oh, this was embarrassing. I was <laughs> trying to write, make a poem. About my kitty's water fountain. Why not? Right? And it was like something like, I sat on the fountain Tuesday night thinking about you. Next thing I know, I was heading towards you, head over heels. I fell from the moon to the earth without a scratch on my leg and something like that.
0: I like that. And that's, but that's what I love. I love the thinking outside the box of like, you know what? I'm going to make a poem about water bottles and what they don't necessarily need to contain water they can contain coffee i don't know just the idea of writing about whatever you feel and it can be a magical thing
1: right and it goes back to what you're saying stretching like flexing that muscle because it's like going to the gym i sometimes even if i fail and i think it took me like being on this podcast to realize this even if i don't write an actual piece the fact that i worked my brain out and tried means that next time it's going to be a little easier. It may take a hundred more times, but it will be easier eventually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And everybody has their own speed and own path. Now I'm not saying you directly, but I'm saying you as in the general, whoever's listening, go at your own pace. Don't need to compare yourself to another professional per per se in whatever you're doing. There's no right or wrong way to enjoy your hobby.
1: Absolutely. I would love to stress that because I would say even the professional writers, right? Not saying that I am one, right? Cause not at all, but I would imagine even the professional writers would feel the way I feel. We are artists. We write, we don't know if our poems are good until someone else tells us or until we've had something to compare it. So for you to judge your own writing, your own artwork, whatever you're working on is it's, Futile because you don't really know how good it is until you've exposed it to the world.
0: Mm-hmm. And in today's age with social media and everybody sharing everything, and whether we like it, we get compared to each other. Has imposter syndrome been something that you've encountered?
1: <laughs> imposter syndrome is my best friend. She's been with me <laughs> from the get go. She has never let me forget about forget about media. It's just it's always been there, right? Especially. When I keep hearing the feedbacks I hear about my writing, which are good, right? I just, I don't see it. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't see it. It's not there. You guys are delusional. So imposter syndrome is really there. And I'm, it I I'm, I'm not going to lie. It affects how I interact on social media. Like... I grew up with internet, I I grew up with social media, even in its earliest form. So I'm used to embarrass my, embarrassing myself. But going back to, I'm an artist, and I'm uber sensitive of my ish, I'm very particular about what I present and how I present, especially because my poetry is a performative poetry. So to write it on, uh, just to give you a caption and you read it was not enough. So I went through this period where I would post cause I just opened my, 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 my Instagram account, maybe like 2019, right. Be, like the summer of 2019, right before the pandemic hit, like, you know, eight months, nine months before. And so I used to present my poetry with my photography because I do do like photography on the side or I did prior to pandemic. Um, and I was like, imposter syndrome got to me. And I was like, no, 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 no one's getting it. You got to change it. You got to change it. I deleted everything. And now I'm struggling to find the courage to post again. Because I, it's one thing to present. When I present I'm fierce. I hear it. I have a. It's like there's a second person. I'm like I have a a a persona that comes out of me. But when it's my Instagram page, it's really me, and there's no persona to hide behind. And I don't see your reaction, and I don't know if you truly like it because you liked it, or you liked it because you know nowadays you just like things, right? So that's a whole thing. And I'm also trying to figure out how to deliver it because again, I'd like to give that performance piece on social media. But yeah, the biggest challenge is those thoughts that keep running behind as you can hear.
0: Tell me, tell me this happens to you. Cause I feel like when we're sharing our creations, sometimes let's say the ones that you've put so much effort in, you're like, this is a masterpiece to me. I think it's amazing. You share it and it doesn't receive as much love as you expected. But then when you put one where you put very little effort, people are like, wow, this is amazing. I love this. And you're like, what, what i'm sorry this crap i made this shit this, right? this i made you like this is what you like
1: <laughs> oh that's happened to me a hundred times but when you <laughs> say that the particular moment that comes back to me is 2018 because the poetry i read to you earlier right um consumption it was originally just the title was consumption it was really short mm-hmm. it didn't have a lot of the things i added everyone loved that i was like what (laughs) i was just feeling myself you know how like beyonce just said like i'm feeling myself i was just feeling myself right Mm -hmm. really hard it was not supposed to be you know this was not supposed to be the pièce de (laughs) résistance but it ended up being i was like and then the poetry i really worked hard on that i was like oh it has deep meaning it has deep So it has layers i'm gonna make you cry like an onion they were like it's good but i favored the other one over it like this was great you could work on this but that one was perfect it was perfect i was like okay
0: you can kind of sit back like what do people want what do i want you know what i'll give what the people want i'll give what i want if they don't like what i want well that's too bad
1: i see i i, I didn't go that way i was more like i'm more of a it's ironic that it happened. Let me just see what the lesson is. And that's what poetry taught me. It, it didn't teach me to be, yes, I am sensitive about my work, right? But if you're giving me constructive criticism, with, or should I say constructive feedback, even if you don't realize it, I hear it. So in that moment, for example, 2018, when I performed that and they gave me, you know, when they told me that, I was like, okay. And I asked them more questions like, what, what did you like about that? Was it the flow? Was it the message? Was it clear, concise? Was it the body? Did I make you feel like you were in it? Did I make you feel like the most sexiest person ever? And what about the other poetry? What happened? Right. And it was like you said, um, now I can just put it up in the air and you can choose to say, hmm, I relate to this. But before people couldn't. So. When those when that happens, I take I tend to take it as a learning lesson. I also can't stop laughing just because of how ironic the whole situation is. I was like, okay,
0: okay, <laughs>
1: only but me. You know what? Let's roll with
0: it. This is my ship. I'm I'm running this ship. I'm happy with my boat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I guess this is somewhat related. But what would you say is the most stressful part about poetry? The writing, <laughs>
1: the writing, and the concept, and and then not, okay. Not just any time, because you could you can put, you can string any words together, right? But as someone who's naturally been doing poetry, it's always a hard concept to to figure out if what I'm writing is poetry or what I'm writing is my personal diary, because they're both in a way, but one is really a, a personal entry and one is really a personal poetry. So I'm I'm having a hard time differentiating that, um, and when I write, I have to make sure that because like I said, I'm an emotional writer. I have to make sure that I'm able to somehow still have control and rein in those emotions so that just like a water spout, I can just control the amount that's coming in and go at its pace. Because sometimes it just, it's like a tsunami, waves of emotion just hitting you, bam, mm-hmm. bam. And you're like, "Hmm." And then another stressful part is whether people are going to like it. Am I a good enough writer? Those questions are always like competing. Like um, I entered because like last time I, I, I um, the first time I've ever performed in person was 2018. And then for some reason, I thought it was a great, wonderful idea um, in March to enter a competition. I was like, you know what? I'm ready for it. <laughs> I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. No,
0: <laughs> so,
1: I got eliminated first round. I even knew. I knew because I was telling up the scores. I was listening to everybody. I was like, your girl's out. Your girl's out. It took me a moment to, like, because I was upset. And I also failed an exam. Or so I thought failed an exam that night, right? But like I said, I try to find the constructive feedback. The what can I do better? The, the silver lining in every situation. And I realized that although for some to the outside world, it may have been naive to just jump straight into a competition with extremely talented people before even testing. It allowed me to fine tune my gear. So now I know what level I'm supposed to write up. I now I know what to expect when I'm performing. It recalibrated me. So it was a good thing to lose.
0: It gives you, I don't want to say this, but like it slaps you in the face and like, oh, this is reality. Okay, I got to just look at different perspectives and see how things work. And it's a self-reflection and it could be an epiphany in itself. But it's but it's exactly. in no way saying what you did was bad because poetry is very subjective on who is judging it as well, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah, no, Not. I don't. If anyone's listening to this and they want to try something and you think you're going to lose, honestly. Some of the best things, some of the best moments in my life were losing rather than winning. Because when you win, you're like, okay, how can I improve? You can't because you won. You're like, okay, I have nothing to do left. When you lose, right, it it's a, like you said, a slap in the face. Because like my therapist says to me personally, not anyone else, it gets me out of my own delusion, right? It brings me back to reality. It tells me, okay, yes, you may you may be good, right? But she is better. They are better. They are a hundred times better. And this is why. And at first, that used to hurt me a lot. But now it's more like I embrace it. I, I, it's like going with the waves. Like I said earlier, I just embrace it. And if I lose, I'm sad for ten minutes, and then the next day I'm happy because now I have something to work on.
0: And this is one of my favorite questions for every show. I say that all the time. But what are some misconceptions about people who do poetry?
1: That you don't have to be, like I, like I said, you don't have to be someone who took a writer's class. You don't have to introduce poetry. You may not be realizing what you're writing half the time is poetry. Okay. Poetry is everything. And best believe I come from a, so my, my, I'm Somali. And if the one thing you should know about Somali people, we're actually a nation of poets. So we are like, poetry is in my blood. We know poetry. And the one thing I learned from my people's poetry is it takes any form. It takes any form. We use poetry as political debate arguments. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We used it to decide national policies. We used it to settle an argument. We used it to confess love. We used it to anything, right? So poetry is anything and everything. It's not, it doesn't have to be a haiku. It doesn't have to be a sonnet. It doesn't even have to rhyme, right? If as long as there is a structural sense, which you can always work on because it's not something that you gain, right? Unless you're lucky. And if you are lucky, please keep that. Um, But poetry is for anybody and anybody can write poetry. It doesn't matter if you've never read a book. It doesn't matter if writing is not your thing. It doesn't matter if you hate language. I'm pretty sure you made a poem once and it was amazing.
0: If it comes from the heart, comes from the soul. It's yours to take. Exactly. And do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in picking up this hobby? Pick it up. Start.
1: Because (laughs) sometimes, yeah, sometimes, honestly, it's one of those things where, where do I start? What do I read? Do I read something first? Do I have to learn what poetry is? No. There is freestyle poetry where you create your own genre. A lot of these genres of poetry came about because one person most likely Wrote it in that style, and everyone else liked it, right? So just start writing. Just start writing, and obviously you might want feedback, and that's always something you can get later in life, but write until you your heart's content. Write from like Alex said, from your heart. If it's from your heart, it's yours to take.
0: Man, this is, this is hitting, hitting my soul. I'm, I'm feeling all warm <laughs> inside. <laughs> good, okay. And I've asked this question at the beginning of the episode, but I'll ask it again at the end. Do you have any social media links, websites, or projects that you would love to share with the listeners?
1: So as I'm not, I only have an Instagram account. I'm obviously going to grow. And if I do grow and do have other projects, that's where you're going to hear it. My IG uh, handle is Badria the Poet. So B-A-D-R-I-Y-A. T-H-E-P-O-E-T.
0: Perfect. I'll put that down below so people can come see or listen or read your beautiful journey. Thank you so much. And now for the last question, do you have any questions for me about poetry?
1: I do actually because you've been hinting, you've been hinting that you write. So, I'm going to throw it back, right? I like being in the host chair.
0: Yes, can yes you like tell questioned. me.
1: Right? <laughs> can you tell me what got you starting writing? What was What was the moment or what was the thing that got you writing?
0: So I went to a high school where hip hop was hip hop and R&B was so dominant. Everybody was doing it. And one of my friends was a producer. And at the time, like, hmm, you know what? Why not give it a shot? And just like I wrote, like, I still have my first book with my first lyrics from like back in 2008, I dated them back then. I'm so glad. And I just wrote, I'm like, hmm. And I actually have that first song up on YouTube still. It's cringy, but it's there. And I'm like, yeah. And I wrote it. I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. I'd like to see how it sounds with with music. And sometimes I wouldn't even do music. I just write it down because I'm just in the mood to write something. And I would just repeat it. And once again, like I said, my learning disability being dyslexia, if for people who may not know, there's different levels of dyslexia, so I didn't see the, the letters backwards, but the way I was processing words when I was reading is I read each word one by one. Some, what I've learned is that people who are not dyslexic kind of like do a broader scan of everything, and that's how they read. So for me, it was very phononic. Phan- ah, the word where it's, the word is what it sounds. Phononic. Yeah. Yes, something like that. Phonetic. <laughs> Phonetic there you go. Kinetic energy, phonetic. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So so, uh, for me, it wasn't something I needed to do, but I love to challenge myself and work on, let's say my weakness. So just writing in, let's say a diary, because I would write what I felt and I would try to make I would be very philosophical when I read or sorry, write my things. And it really just encouraged me to just keep on writing, even though if I never made it into a song and just writing it down, made it fun. And it was just, it completed two things. It completed the, the like the temptation in my soul that the, not temptation, I mean, the, the empty part of my soul that needed to be filled with something. And it helped me improve on my learning disabilities. So it was a win-win for me.
1: I find that interesting because you're saying that writing helps you feel something in you while writing for me helped me unload something in me. Hmm. So it's a complete opposite effect here. Then I find that extremely interesting. And the reason I asked you what got you started into writing is because with, because for me, I, I, I'm like a lover of language. I've I'm also a nerd, like I'm a nerd with books. I don't read any other books, but like story books, right? So if I have a story, if it's a fictitious story or a real story, as long as it's a story, I will read it. So I read and read and read and that helped my vocabulary with poetry. My question is, my next question, which was leading up is, how, what were some of the difficulties with starting up writing or just in general with dyslexia because even though like you said you didn't read the word backwards but you had to pronounce each thing phonetically and with poetry you have to have a flow so i understand the flow is in your head the poetry is in your head but once you transcribed it on the paper and had to reread it how did dyslexia play a role and how did poetry help you with that if it did help
0: it did absolutely and for my poetry I actually, I would consider myself a lyricist because I mm. would try to use more complex words. And when I use the complex words, I would do so much research on the word itself and the use of the words in the sentence and the connection to the previous sentence or the more, uh, further back sentences and stuff like that. So it forced me to just not only learn new words, but it helped me break down how the words are spelt, how they sound. So it really made me just analyze each word and figure out how to pronounce it better. So for me, it was, I know it's like something dyslexic people don't like to do, but for me, it was like something like, okay, I liked the challenge of fighting my demon of something that I feared. Like back in the day when I was a kid, reading in front of the class was my nightmare. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Especially because I feel like I would always fumble and stumble and all that and mumble and all the balls. And, uh, no, I still had that fear in high school and now I'm a lot better. And I like challenging myself with things that don't, that I would usually find difficult or scary. I like trying to figure out new things and work on my weaknesses.
1: I wish I met you back then just because <laughs> just because again the more you talk right the more I realize how privileged I was with the with linguistics already just because it's something that I have a knack for it. I don't know why I just have a knack for it. So when you're talking about having to use big words and having to do a lot of research for me again it was the opposite because I read so many books all these words were in my head right there are and i have this i have this mind where everything is connected they're intertwined with each other right things that have no connection i will find a connection somehow so when i thought about big words i didn't really know what the big words meant i just knew how to write it and what i kind of just what reading books you kind of learn how to learn new words not by looking up the word because at some point in a book you may stop yourself like 20 times, right? So you learn to analyze the sentence, the paragraph, and kind of like, you know how you walk into a room and you read the room? Same thing on a book. And that's how I've been. So till this day, I unconsciously know a lot of definition of a lot of word in English, even though French is my first language. And I don't think other than reading it, I've never impl- used those words in my life.
0: So that's, <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah. an interesting process. Indubitably. Yes. Yes. I use that all every day, but I, I, completely agree. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And then also for fun, what I used to do when it came to writing these, I would have a dictionary and it open up on a random page and point at one word. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's see how I can use this in my poem and like learn more about it and then work around that.
1: That's amazing because that's something I can't do today. And that's a skill that is like, not because you are dyslexic. Like, that's a genuine skill to have to just open a word, a, a, like a dictionary, or I bet you can do this with any book today and just select this word and say, I'm going to make a rhyme about this word. Like, it's amazing. So this leads up to my next question, because you are a lyricist, so that means you write music. Do you see the same? Because with poetry, I also realize that Miss Lauren Hale is a great example. Her poetry ended up turning into music, so I always consider music and rap to be poetry in a sense. If you listen to Adele's latest album, right, particularly Love is a Game, I love that song because if you look at the lyrics, that is my poem. It's not me that wrote it. I like to clarify. But it's my style of poem, right? It's how I would have presented it. And the fact that I got turned into a music, is inc- a song is incredible. Mm-hmm. Have you had... So I guess I have multiple questions leading up with that. <laughs> so have you had uh did did you cuz you said you're a lyricist did you start writing poetry right away or was it music
0: it was music for me cuz the other thing as well as much as i wrote music as well i wanted to do after i started off by writing music uh, lyrics and then i'm like hmm i got inspired to do instrumentals but the thing is i can't read music or play so i i would create the music itself i would create like scores r&b hip-hop lo-fi and i feel like they're good and like this sound like orchestra music i love doing that but i take my time and i can't play the piano but i do it one key at a time so it takes multiple hours so it was a combination of both i love the combination of it and if you were to ask me do i do the instrumental first or the lyrics first i would say i do them separately i'm like oh Okay, this one kind of works with this one, and that's weird. I kind they're independent to each other, but I can Mm -hmm. keep them as is because I've released things that are just instrumental, and I've written poems that are just poems that never had music behind it. So you could
1: expire. So you have two inspirations. So there's two levels to this. You have the musical, which (sighs) tell me if this happens to you, okay? Because this is something that happens. I mean, you sometimes you hear the whole composition of the music. Create it. you hear the instrument. So you, if there's a guitar, you hear the guitar, you hear the piano,
0: yes. you hear
1: everything, but you're like, I don't know how to write or read music. I don't know how to do it. That's me. That's me. That's, that's me. Okay. We
0: should have met a long time ago. Like this, <laughs> that's exactly me. I cannot, my wife can read and write and plays the piano. And, but I, she, it's like, we're the opposite. She can create, but I can create from scratch. But like we compliment each other, but I feel like you and I were on the same vibe in the terms of like, I, when I listen to a song, I like to break it down. Like, okay, there's the hi-hats there. Okay, there's that little sound there. And it's I don't do it on purpose. I do it for fun, I guess.
1: Because <laughs> it, it naturally attracts you. And then the second part is the poetry itself. The words are coming. It's like, you don't know where the words are coming, but they're flying from somewhere and they're like placing themselves. Like, you know, in Harry Potter, how everything just flies into place. It feels like that. So then my question is, what is the favorite, your favorite instrumental you've created? And what is your favorite poetry piece you've ever written today?
0: My favorite one I've ever created, I think it's a score kind of like, I love making movie trailer music Mm. for some reason. And I put it up on YouTube. I'll share it with you after, and I guess I can share it in the show notes if I remember to share it. And, uh, as in my favorite piece, it's one that written probably, I don't know, two, three, four years ago, but I have it up in front of me if you'd like to hear it. Please. And thank you. (laughs) Okay. So this one is called simple inspiration. And mm. the idea behind it, just for fun, for a challenge, I wanted to do a song where every last word of the sentence rhymes with the word inspiration or nation. <clears throat> oh. And So it, it it's weird. So just hear me out. I want to hear your feedback. It's three verses I wrote, but here okay. it goes. Tell me why we live in a world full of aggravation where the anger and confusion is present in every nation and the new way living is based on accusations. The ones that we despise discard collaboration. Where did we go wrong Is the miscommunication? Not giving an explanation on the helpful information to save the ones we love and it turn into frustration. Constant modification to create this irritation. Forget the meditation. To swallow the medication. To get the sensation. To ignore the situation. Life can be tough. It's not an easy simulation. The hard times will pass. It's taken in moderation. Our moral obligation is to work with our our relations for the future generations and potential innovations, improve the education and surpass the limitation of our previous civilization for this world's population. Some days I wake up with a sense of inspiration while improving preparation It's my own revelation, the final meaning of life and all the temptations. Give it to all, yeah, it's part of dedication, but what's your definition of a mental isolation is the fear in the world where you live in hesitation. Be the best you and don't fear intimidation, strive to be the greatest and work on escalation. Make it way to the top. You don't need the validation. You won't let intoxication take over imagination. So soul vibration won't die from starvation and feed yourself a knowledge to achieve the liberation of a free thinker not a simple imitation and a well-wisher you can find your motivation to surpass humiliation confrontation alienation don't forget you're not alone you have my admiration self-incarceration with your false allegation how you taking a number for a mental visitation speaking to myself a redundant conversation but where i go from here is not based on my location my mind traveled enough to know my destination but who are you to speak what your phony declarations your ill-spoken standards gave you true gratification should take a moment to adjust my concentration but i'm losing it now with these misguided deviations on the border of salvation and complete annihilation i'm stranded here with the mental contemplation just to realize that i don't need your approbation or any variation of your discrimination i've added up to here with your pointless reputation if i don't get it now i won't get the indication of who i really am and that's no exaggeration Yep,
1: that is amazing Wow, you why are why am I the guest? You should be the guest here.
0: <laughs> the guest, no, 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 no. This is all about you. I just, I like, I love poetry, so that's why I I was so happy to have you on.
1: <laughs> oh my god, no, I'm glad. That I, I I've got to be honest. Like I talk about poetry all the time, but. I think other than one other person, you're the only other person that's genuinely excited and not like, (laughs) so I'm glad we got to hear. And I love your poem because first of all, the the rhyming is something I struggle with. So the fact that you were able to like push yourself and challenge yourself, that's going to be a new challenge for me. (laughs) I also love how at first it felt like, because again, it could be, correct me if I'm wrong. It talked about it kind of talked about society nowadays, how we're all divided. We each have our side. We don't want to listen to each other. We will all want to be heard. And at the end of the day, it's like, it's what you do. It's what you do and how you hold yourself and how you think about yourself. And if you're going to choose to continue tomorrow or not.
0: Spot on. You you, you nailed it. <laughs> okay. I was
1: like, I better nail it.
0: Yeah, it was pretty long. Yeah. But uh that's that's it with poetry so i don't always do it all like that i like to mix it up and stuff like that but yeah and i feel like you're the same as well you like to just go whatever your soul takes you
1: exactly my writing could be like very 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 dark like whoa like sometimes i read some of my old poetry so i'm like whoa you were a hurt girl weren't you okay i'm glad i'm not there and then sometimes i'm like ooh. i wrote that that way i feel sensual didn't i that day Um, so, yeah, it's a different thing every day. And I'm I'm up for the roller coaster. I'm up for it. I'm like, it's not going to, it's not something I'm ever going to stop, I think. Right. Will I ever, but I do think that one day I may go back in the hiding because, because I, I was, I, I, I keep, I keep thinking about Maya Angelou and how she went quiet for seven years and just listened to the world and then. And that affected me because a lot of some of my, some of her story reflects and resonates with some of the things I went through. And sometimes I just want to take that seven year vow of silence and just listen. You never know what I can hear and what can come out of that.
0: You know what? It is your journey. And when the time feels right, you will take whatever you need to do to improve yourself. Right.
1: Exactly. Right. And then. Yeah, I had one more question.
0: For hit you. me! I'm ready for these. I love getting asked questions.
1: Good, good, because I, I I can think about them all day. <laughs> for you, because <laughs> I I can already tell your biggest challenge was probably dyslexia, right? What is the biggest thing you got out of poetry that you didn't realize it could give you? Because I realize I don't think I'm um, I'm picking up on it, so I'm not sure if this is a thing. But I do realize that may, it may have given. You a closer connection already with your wife because she can read music, she can do things. You guys complement each other. You guys help like you're two pieces of one puzzle. You have the writing, you have you have the music, and she has the technical skills, and that's already a benefit. But I don't know if you that's I'm speaking already too early.
0: (laughs) Uh yeah no like I for the technical skill parts I also taught myself how to like create music and all the whole. Technological aspect of digital stuff. But for me, I guess for music, it is actually, if I look back and I really didn't really think about it, but it is the thing that is making me not say a sentence properly. It is the gateway to the rest of my creativity. The reason why I started this podcast, the reason why I went into public speaking, the reason why I tried graphic design in a way like just the creative aspect of just writing something. Just throwing it up there and then maybe come back to it later. It's like, all right, this is what it is. You know what? I can work with this. And uh, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but... No, you are. You know. are. Because
1: <laughs> just just to like give you context to show you that I understand, sometimes when I'm writing poetry, I see the physical image. Like sometimes it's a photography. Sometimes I see the whole, like a video. yes. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I think of Grand Corps Malade. He's a, a poet from France. You should look him up, right? Um, he has a visual aspect. Poetry is writing what you literally see in your head. It's nothing more. It's emotions and what you see in your head.
0: I could not agree more. Like when I write poetry, I have a whole like movie scene going in my head. Even when I create my music, I picture scenes happening when it's playing.
1: Yep. So writing, so it's what you said. Writing is a gateway to almost, to me personally, and I guess to you too, to a lot of other avenues because
0: mm-hmm.
1: we share a lot of common things. Mm-hmm. We, we 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 have musical like instrumentals running on in our head. We see home, like right now. Um, one of the projects, little personal project I'm working on for myself is I'm writing a, a story for myself. Ooh, and. It started off because I wrote a poetry and I was just like, idea. And I saw the whole thing unfold itself. And it's the same thing with writing this story. I can't write the story the same way I can't write my poetry without seeing what's going on in my head. first. So I let the movie play and then I go back writing.
0: Hmm. Don't you just wish there's like some sort of memory card you can just capture your memory? Like, oh, I'm going to save this for later, <laughs> especially when you're about to go to bed
1: right or something that like can allow me to show the world what I see because that probably would blow their mind just because oh. I was like you, you can't sometimes you don't have the words for the awesomeness of going behind those lenses of your eyes and you're like ah I'm so frustrated
0: the pure madness people would see just like my, I have the weirdest dreams in the sense like oh I'm driving a car that can't steer but okay she's going through another car cool this is normal yeah And like, like a ghost going through another car and I'm acting like it's normal. And also, yeah, I talk in my sleep, I sing in my sleep in English and in French. So, yeah, I don't think the world is ready for my imagination to be broadcast on the silver screen.
1: (laughs) Are you sure? Because I'm already ready. You, I would, I would be, if I was sleeping next to you, I'd be entertained. I'd be like, so what are you doing right now? (laughs) Just talking. Because like, I have siblings and people who um, sleep talk, right? Nobody sings. That's a new one. That's impressive. Okay. I wish I had singing. I'm stuck with snoring, but I'd be like, I hear them talk. I'm like, what's going on? And what people don't realize if you talk in your sleep, it's actually very, you're very, um, persuasive. It's easy to just talk to you. And sometimes I might have a whole conversation. So for example, my husband's a sleep talker. So sometimes, and he's a special kind of sleep talker. He's a special kind of sleep talker. It's like he's sleep talking, but it's like sleepwalking, but just talking. So it sounds like he's awake. Sounds like he's alert. His eyes are closed, but he sounds like he's awake and alert. And you have a whole conversation with him every night and every morning. He doesn't remember. Right? So I was like, yeah, I was having a conversation with your alter ego. We decided that this is not good for you anymore.
0: (laughs) We both decided. It's like, yeah, you weren't here for this, but we decided.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You you were asleep, but your subconscious woke up, and we had an agreement, so we're good.
0: I'm sure my wife did that with me. Sometimes I hear my wife like giggling. She's like, (laughs) and then she falls back to sleep. I'm like, okay, what was so funny? And then sometimes I've I've seen this too, where she's like, she's she's sleeping, she's full sleeping, just laughs like, (laughs) I'm like, well, what happened? Well, it's just a tear. Then she wakes up like, why am I sad? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) You were laughing two seconds ago.
1: She must have had vivid dreams. I don't remember crying. Like, my dreams are weird too. To give you an example, one of my favorite dreams was a nightmare. First, I was getting chased down the street of where I live by this, you know, because I watched a scary movie. So, someone was trying to kill me. And then I decided to say, I don't know. I didn't even realize it was a dream. I was like, wait, no. Why am I running? (laughs) If he's going to kill me, why not kill him back too? So next thing you know, I'm the one running after the the murderer. And I'm like, I'm going to kill you. And
0: uh,
1: I just I I woke up so happy.
0: So actually, a random question. With the dreams you do remember, did you ever write any poems about them?
1: Yes, I remember actually almost all my dreams. I remember 95% of my dreams just because I have a process in the morning. Yes and no. My dreams are I don't know if that's called lucid dreaming because I'm not aware I'm dreaming. but. Let's say I have a problem, right? I'm like, okay, I need to figure out this issue in this situation. I'm frustrated. Let me go to sleep. And I sleep and I dream about it. And I try to figure out a solution in my dream. So my my dreams are more problem solving, planning, being cathartic. Sometimes, though, the cathartic part, when I get an epiphany, it does help. But rarely do I ever actually get a poetry. More like an idea for photography, maybe a story. Maybe problem-solving, but not poetry.
0: Well, you know what? I'm I'm in awe right now with your creative process, you as an individual. And I'm disappointed that we have not met earlier to bond uh-uh. over our love of poetry and being creative and having weird dreams. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> we know each other now, right?
0: Yeah, we were old friends. But like in the past life, we've been like best friends. That's, that's, exactly. that's been stated. <laughs> yeah. So there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you, Badria, for just coming on and just sharing your passion for everything. I truly, truly do appreciate it. If you guys would love to learn more about Badria, just go check her out. I'll put all the links down below in the description. So it'll be very easy to find. If you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, shoot me an email at time at gmail.com or follow me on all the social medias. It'll be all down below. If you want to show support, I have a Patreon. I sell merchandise. And what you do have to do is go show some love to Badria. So Badria, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me once again. And I can't wait for your board game to come out because I love improv. <gasps>
0: there we go. See, we're best friends in the making. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> so until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care.